Welcome back to Geeks Inherited of the Earth. I am JC. Hey, I'm CK. Bienvenidos, Power Bottoms. Hey, Mike D's here too. And uh, we are uh, doing our quarantine edition long distance uh, podcast from each other's respective bunkers. Yes, that's true. a Death Stranding reference. And if you haven't finished that game in quarantine, you wasted quarantine. And uh, it took us a little bit to get uh, back, figure out a way to do this remotely. And we are here now. And uh, uh, fuck the virus. Uh, comic books just took uh, a fucking death toll roll of or diamond shipping. And, yeah, they, uh, uh, there's just there's no comics. There are just none. So I have purposely stopped my research on this topic so I could let Mike D and CK explain it out fully so I can try to give some kind of reactionary response so it's not just three guys with their thumbs up their asses trying to act like they know better. It's two guys with their thumbs up their asses knowing that they know better because they do know better. What the fuck happened with Diamond? Uh, okay, well, let's, uh, let's start with the timeline. Um, oh. God, there was a series of events <laughs> that all made this go the way it did and obviously put a lot of egg on Diamond Space. It oh, yeah. started, first, of obviously, the virus happening. And uh, many stores closing down, setting up their own curbside services, stuff like that, uh, until they were considered non-essential. But they're still doing it. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stores still, still doing that. Um, so... Other places were being called essential and non-essential. Diamond said, okay, well, we're just not going to ship anymore, period, at all. And by them saying that, it made DC and Marvel also say, well, then we're not going to ship any more books. Then by them doing that, all the little guys said, well, fuck, I guess we can't do it. So then, after doing that... um. They announced that Mike, – Mike, didn't they say that they may not even – at that point, weren't they even saying that they may not ship any more, period? That was the rumor that was going around. Is they, were just, they were just done, done. Um, yeah, like finished. Yeah. So everybody followed suit, and then they recanted what – and this was a week into this, by the way. They pushed out a week into it, like six days, I think, to be honest. Um then they recanted and said, okay, well, we're going to possibly ship out books uh, coming in, like, in May, right? And, That's uh, the last thing I heard, yep. Yeah. And then DC, that same day, said, well, here's the thing. We're going to use uh, we're gonna use someone else. We have two other distributors, and that's who we're going to use in Fuck Diamond, basically, is what they said. Uh and one of those I know was Midtown. I don't know what the other one was for sure. It's slipping my mind, but one of those was Midtown. And um, we'll get more into this. Uh, yeah, actually, let's, let's, let's wind it back even a little more because this yeah. is um, something that keeps coming up. Every time I tell people this story, uh, one thing consistently comes up, and they always say, wait, how the fuck is there only one company that distributes comics? Because it's a fucking monopoly, and we yeah, never realized it until monopoly, now. But yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, at my work, in any job I've ever been before as a manager, I have three, four, five options of ordering things from places. If I don't like one company, I can just go order it from another, and that's not the case with comics. There's only Diamond, which that blows people away consistently. 
I never realized it was only uh, diamond until this, which is weird because I've got I, I I've, I've I spent like fucking eight years on the road doing comedy. So when I would come back from tours and shit, when I went to go buy my comics from Comics Exchange, uh, you know, shout out Bill, uh, all of my stuff came in diamond boxes. So I have been using diamond boxes for for like Christmas presents and birthday presents and shit for a decade. And never realized it's the original it. Amazon box. I never saw mm-hmm. anything but diamond boxes. I never, right. never even dawned on me until uh, Diamond made their announcement. I was like, "Holy fuck!" I like, like name a because it, it, it started as like a guessing game with me. I was like, "Well, name another com- a company." There's fucking not. There's fucking nope. not. They've got this shit lock and key by the balls. And when they said "fuck it," I, I get some of this is for safety, right? So yeah, this is for safety. Well, I mean, but there's also precautions yeah. they could have taken instead of just shut the whole damn thing down. Or well, surely, maybe I mean, you would think that. Okay, first of all, comics are made months, weeks, if not months in advance, and so much of the printing process is automated. I mean, to me, it seems like they could have shipped the books to the retailers and then let the retailers ship the books to the people. I don't, I don't know. It just seems like a bit excessive to shut that whole thing down so soon. And uh, I told you guys about the weird thing that they, the weird emails that were going out that, and we're not, this hasn't been, I have, I still haven't had this confirmed. So this is, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's not confirmed because people don't want to tell me that this was what was told to them, or if it's not confirmed because people, because it's not true. But I've heard, and this isn't just a rumor mill, but originally the article, not the original article, article, but the article somewhat came from Bleeding Cool, and I always kind of am apprehensive about Bleeding Cool. Oh, yeah. um, but they get a little spammy. They can. And, but the article itself said that they were given the option to guys who own comic shops to have it sent to their house so that they can do orders with their customers from there to send the books to their house. That's what Diamond apparently sent out an email uh, saying that. I've not seen the email. I have no idea if that's true or not. And I would more than likely tell you that anybody that owns a comic book shop probably won't admit that to you right now until they had a program in place uh, to be able to do that. I think that's uh, that makes it even worse because that's more of a renege, to be honest. Um, but what I did find out yesterday uh, from a reliable source who works at and a reliable source that owns a store is that almost all the retailers are pushing it back against uh, the two shipping companies that DC chose, and they want Diamond. Well, you know, I mean, switching to new distributors like that, I mean, there's got to be chaos that comes along with that. I mean, you know, I, I can imagine if you're a shop and you've been in business for X amount of years, you know, being able to slide right back into Diamond and get everything back automated the way it was uh, would be appealing for sure. I, I could definitely imagine there being some unsureness with new distributors coming in. So DC is doing exactly what, just to break this down? We're not really sure. That's the thing. Because uh, okay. they've made their a, announcement that they were doing something. And like, well, I read the announcement, and it literally just read to me like they're doing something. <laughs> they didn't exactly oh, say oh, No, shit. no, no. They're, they're going to... Okay, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening right now. First of all, nobody stopped working <laughs> as far as uh, creative. Like, people are at home doing their comic book job as far well, as aren't artists most of, and writers. 
aren't most yeah, of those guys at home jobs now anyway? Exactly. Though? Yes. Like uh, Matt Fraction uh, really started the pull for that when he said that he wasn't coming into the office anymore, and that's been ten fucking years ago. Oh, Bendis but, you know, comics can be made time. remotely so easily. One person yeah. draws, the other person sends a script. I mean, don't you don't have to get together to make comics these days? Right. Exactly. Well, uh, what was the thing uh, when? Uh, uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, Snyder when he was doing his Batman run. He was uh-huh. never in the office with the dude doing the art, ever. They only ever. spoke over Skype, and they both worked from home for that entire fucking run. So yeah, like, the, only time, the only time that they were in person together were at, like, award shows and Comic-Cons and shit. Well, DC had already started to ruffle some retailers' feathers to begin with by shipping these 80-page giants out to Walmart. That's something that people started to kind of turn their nose up at as well. Um, 80-page you know, giants to Walmart. What do you mean? Yes. Oh, they're fucking awesome books, though. <laughs> yeah, they're what, actually kind of hard to find. They're in demand um, yeah. because of that. So, what are the 80 page? I, this is the first I've ever heard of this. Uh, like, like, uh, DC, what do you mean? DC made some exclusive out of continuity stories to send to Walmart, 80 page giants, but they put awesome talent on it, uh, and they're really good, simple, uh, to the point stories, and they ended up getting kind of a buzz on them from that. People actually ended up wanting them because they're good and kind of a rarity, but. Uh, they just circumvented the comic shops altogether, and you know it already being such a niche deal. Um, DC directly dealing with Walmart, I think that kind of ruffled some feathers back then as well. And that, that happened what we came out. It started coming out like six months ago. Does that sound about right? Yeah, about six months ago. Like um, because uh, like Bendis' Batman book came out first, and that was that's the really good one, the one that everybody likes a lot. Um, uh, the Swamp Thing is really hard to find too. I have that one. Uh, but yeah, oh, it was about six months ago that, uh, that Walmart started getting them, and all the books are fantastic. Uh, I mean, they're really good, and I think that that's that was a test market, and it worked really well. And you'll probably see a lot more of that. Um, well, I mean, it's, a, it's complicated because you want to support the comic shops, the salty yeah. earth, you know, the groundwork, the foundation for it all. But even to this day. There's, I don't want to say a stigma, but uh, let's just say that comics could advance a lot further if you could buy them at Walmart and Target. They you know, would. Uh, well, it, a lot more exposure for people. Well, when we were kids, we you could buy them in those reprint trades. You remember those, like, the plastic cases? Yeah. Like, I don't know how many fucking copies of X-Force 1 I have from those things, from where they literally put it in every fucking thing. But you could buy those, like, like, five packs of Walmart, and if not for those as a kid, I probably wouldn't be into comics as much as I am today. I can see the right. usefulness for this. But on the other hand, yeah, like, co- these 80-page exclusives kind of strike me like those... Uh, the you know the the Deadpool Funkos that Walmart you know the giant ones that nobody fucking buys the same display has been sitting there since the day that they stocked them everybody walks by and goes I love Deadpool I love Funkos but fucking I'm not putting that in my house like right. that, just, that kind of strikes me the same way on the eighty page books oh no people love them you can't you can't wow. ever get them hardly I've never they're, heard of this before gone. now and they're now because I'm a something that, uh, fucking asshole really I'm gonna have them. to go buy them. Because they're original stories, too. They're not just, you know, reprints of stuff that you can just find elsewhere. So I think that's going oh. to drive the demand for them as well. Okay, so that, that, that changes it. I misunderstood there for a second. I thought that these were, like, as I, the way it sounded there for a second, it sounded like it started with an original story, and then they were just pumping out 80-page no, no. rehashes. Oh, if they're original stories, fuck, now I'm going to eBay. Yeah, no, <laughs> and cool. also people like them because they're not, you know, it's not part six of a big story. It's a self-contained one done right there. Yeah, Yeah, that was the big problem with uh, getting issues from... I mean, I've talked about this in the show before, like getting, you know, issues from Walmart or gas stations or stuff like that when you're in areas without a comic book shop. Like, 
you just get like part <coughs> six of a fucking story. So it's it's it, it, it's good that they didn't do that. See, here here's the thing. This leads us me into uh, a bit of our next topic, which isn't. It's the same topic within the topic, but it was. What else so, yeah. So here's my segue. Uh, there, the con- We need to be honest here. The comic book industry is not and has not ever had a stable ground underneath it. It is always teetering on the edge of falling apart. Uh, it's always te- it's always teetering on the edge of not making it, of, of of going away. Because I'm going to be honest with you, unless you're one of the big stores, you're mostly doing this for the love. If you own a shop. You're doing it because yes, it's extremely niche by this point. It's extremely niche, and most of the time, it is hard to break even. Some months. Really well, fun. when we had Bill on the show, even he said that a lot of his money came from selling toys. Yeah, like like those can big survive. exclusive toys and things. Like the books are the bread and butter. That's what brings people into the shop. But there's higher item prices. Yes, you know yes. that that are in there that are going to pay your rent for the month. You know. Well, I mean, if the, you if you have a file, you're already getting twenty percent off the cover price. I mean, think about that. His most hardcore customers are coming every week. He's already taken twenty percent off the top of the book right there. That, that's always blowing me away. What's yeah. really crazy to me is that uh, I've never like uh, Comics Exchange in Knoxville is one of the only shops I've seen that do a twenty percent. Because I know in other places that I've lived, it was like five to ten. Yeah, yeah, it's the most I've ever seen. I think. But the twenty well. percent also encourages it's 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 that re- diminishing returns law. You know, when you know that you get twenty percent off, you end up getting more books. That's like that's, that's why true. I've always that's done true. That. No, right. Now there's a reason he's been open this long, and there's a reason why. Okay, I, 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 I from everything I've gathered, and I'm not going to say I, I won't name the names here. But there are three stores in the Knoxville area that can survive this right now because a lot of people are up against the ropes and may not be able to come back after this. It's gonna. That is the, so the, sad, the, man. That is so fucking yeah. sad. There will probably be several shops closed. Uh, well, I hope not. This is something but, that I wanted to mention on the show. Is uh, I, I didn't put this in the show notes for research. Sorry, guys. But uh, how much is not coming back after this? Like a lot of stuff. And, and okay, to me, it goes in two ways, okay? A lot of shops are going to close. A lot of shops are going to thrive. And when this is starting to get over, especially when people go back to work, a lot of people are going to definitely go buy their backlog right there, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I, I'm not saying all shops are doomed. I'm saying that some are definitely fucked, but not all. But, hey, how, about uh, my man, uh, how about my man Donnie Cates actually going into comic shops and – Buying everyone's built-up files for them. What the That's fuck was that? How amazing is that? What's up, player? And yeah, so, shout out to Donnie Cates too. Yeah, man. God him. damn, that was cool of him. Because and they, he did it, then Kevin Smith went and done it, and then yeah, Jim Kevin Lee Smith went and it. done it. <laughs> and Kevin Smith has also been showing up to protests, holding up signs that, uh, that just say "Jason Muse sucks cock." <laughs> <laughs> No, Jason yeah. Mewes no, fucks good. Jason Jason Mewes fucks real good or something. Jason like that. fucks real good. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, like, fucking. Like, you gotta love Kevin Smith. I don't give a shit. All right, no, he's but, great. but uh, you know, like, there's there's guys out there that are doing it. But okay, here's here's the thing. Some of this shit's going down. But there's been this thing that everybody knows uh, that, and I'm not speaking to like specifically like to our listener base types. Uh, just the people in general. That have been like, well, uh, you know, comic book movies and comic book TV is oversaturated. Bitch, wait till it goes away. 
because we're going to have this gap where it's gone. And oh my fucking God, are you going to miss it? If you thought this shit makes money now, wait till we can go back to the theaters. Yeah. This might be the only way the Eternals actually gets a box office sale. Like, like holy shit. Everybody bitched about it to death. Like, look at, you know, people complain that Birds of Prey was a financial disaster. But if you look at their return on investments, it made more than Oscar bait. You know? Yeah, it did great. It did great. Yeah, it did, it did fine. For, for it just didn't it make, it, it didn't it make made a fucking it, billion dollars. So of course, it made Shazam money, and that's what to, mattered to them. Yeah, I mean, according to Forbes, you know, it's a total failure. But in reality, like as, as far as movies go, it over, you know, it, it recouped budget, recouped expenses, and the studio made a pretty good little chunk of change off of it. Wait mm-hmm. until you know, this then, um, is over. Wait, because we know we already know that Black Widow right now is most likely going directly. To online sales. See, I don't think uh, so. It's hard to say. I, I I think there's still too much money to be made from that one. I th- that's what I'm saying. I think that that one, that one is going to be. It's hard to say. Okay, like like you said, I think for that one and Wonder Woman, there it's up in the air for those. Um, we'll just see. Uh, I don't. I'm, I think I think that I'm, they've spent so much money on Black Widow though that Disney doesn't want to lose all that money. Well, if you look at it, uh, I googled this uh, last night. Its release date is marked back to TBA. Uh, well, what 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 what's going on is okay. So, its release date at first moved to the Eternals release date, and the Eternals release date moved to the Guardians of the Galaxy three release date next. Not Guardians of the Galaxy three shit. All the all all that happened is they all stat, like moved over one release date. They all jumped forward to the next like like. Black Widow took over Eternals in November. Eternals took over whatever the next one is, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And now if you're saying that it switched to TBA, that's interesting because that means that they're just waiting now. Yeah, it's, it's CBA. Um, okay. Because they, they've, they've done the, annou- the, the first announcement that they said was that it was getting switched. The second one that they put was given the instances over uh, – sorry, burped. Uh, so many uh, states that have, sta- uh, you know, the safe at home stuff, right? Yeah. That they could probably completely recoup this digitally. And if you look at it like, okay, let's be fucking real. There's a fuckload of people that aren't going to work right now with unemployment or just extra money around that they were, they were waiting to save. If you tell me right now that for the st- standard price of going to the movies – that you could get Black Widow, that people would not pay that for their 4K TVs at home and watch, I'm going to say you're out of your fucking mind. They're, they're going to buy uh, it you know, that uh, day. Uh, one thing that did put me off with some of these early releases digitally the company's been doing is the price. I mean, renting it for 20 bucks. come on. That mm, does have to be 20 bucks to rent it. You don't even get to keep it. That's kind of bullshit. I, I'm going well, to be devil's advocate for just a sec with that one. Because those are smaller movies, and yeah, I don't really want to pay twenty bucks. But also, also, uh oh, have we lost Cody? We, I think we we lost no, CK. No, but you have a house full of five people. Oh, there he is. Uh, let's say you, let's say you have a house full of five people. Those five that people. Makes sense. Uh, twenty bucks is a steal. Even even it's a steal because everybody's getting to go to the theater. Everybody's getting to stay at home, not use their uh, not use their um, 
not have to leave, not have to go to a theater where, I mean, I like the theatrical experience myself, but there are, I've had plenty of bad ones too. So, I mean, right. you know, you can eat, smoke, drink, do whatever you want to do at home while you're watching your movie. Well, and, here, well, just us, the three of us in this show, we go to the movies together now, you know, yeah. sometimes the four when, you know, Jamie Skull can join us. We go to the movies together now. We go to, the, you know, we go to the Thursday premieres and go see the shit. It's a big damn deal for us. But conversely, all of us spend at least twenty dollars a person when we go. Oh, easily. Yeah. They got that new uh, seltzer bar uh, at our downtown one, and that's uh, that's nice. That's dangerous though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We've we've <laughs> all accidentally dropped way too much money on the frozen margarita machines and the beer there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? Like, you, you, like, okay, so the liquor stores are essential service. For the price of one drink at these theater bars, right, you can get a fifth of booze <laughs> at your local store. Yeah. So like, you're telling me that, okay, $19 is too much for a rental. I can, I can agree with that. I have been on this, and uh, I just got a check in the mail from you know Spotify sales fucking today, right? Well, by by the mail with the PayPal, but you know, and uh, I'm watching the hunt tonight, and I don't fucking mind to spend 19 bucks to rent it because I know that this movie got I just fucked feel like... in the box office over it. But like, how much I we spend should... on this? And here's the fucked up thing: if you really like the movie, it's not like it's a one-time play. You've got it for 24 to 72 hours. You can watch it again for that same fucking price in that time span if you want to. But like, how I much money I should get a digital copy? Just let us keep the digital copy. That's all. There's no, you know, you're not having to pay for shipping. There's no hard copy of the disc. If you're if you're gonna pay the twenty bucks, all I'm saying is just let you keep the digital copy. That's it. I don't disagree with it. I I, I don't disagree with you completely. I'm just saying that you know, it's not exuberantly priced. Is all. I'm well, I, the best the best way I can explain that to play devil's advocate. Because I agree, I wish it. I wish you. I think you should be able to keep it, but you know that's the proletariat in us. Uh, right. The uh, the real the truth about the matter is, as far as a business perspective, is basically that's your trip to the theater to watch it. So they got your money there. Then when it comes out for rental, they've got you for the rental and the buy. So just like in the current model, you're still. Watching a movie at a theater, then renting, then buying it, then also buying it and or renting it. So they make that money off you anyway. Now, why change the model? Is basically what 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 that boils down to. So while we're on while we're on movies here, so we don't beat this horse to death, we all watched Code Eight this week. Yeah, I got a homework assignment from Cody, and I did it. I did, I did it, it I too. It. I did it too. Uh, I'll let Cody uh, segue this in, actually, because yeah, he knows idea. more about it than we do. Um, so I'm a I'm I'm a big Stephen Amell fan. Uh, he's been an inspiration to me as far as uh, you know wanting to get in that kind of shape <laughs> and uh, to uh, get into that kind of acting, that stunt acting world. Uh, I appreciate him being that kind of actor. So when I heard about this project with him and Robbie Amell, who played Firestorm in the first season of Flash, and who is his cousin, uh, they said, the Amell boys are making a uh, superhero film, but not the kind you think it is. They're going to do a tale about superpowers, and it's really a heist film. Um, And it's rated R and coming out on Netflix, and it's called Code 8. And I was like, okay, I'm down with that. And uh, I was worried 
<laughs> that it would suck because all that stuff sounds too good to be true, and sometimes TV actors don't don't go over well. But goddamn, dude, Stephen Amell fucking rocks in this movie. Oh yeah, and this movie's the shit. <laughs> okay, so it's really good. It's really so good. here's my takeaway from it initially, right? Yeah, and I know you've got some counterpoints to this to help flesh this out. Uh, the first five minutes of this movie is a montage that needs to be its own movie. There's so much fucking world building in this montage in the beginning of this shit. You have to see that part. You absolutely have to pay attention, and you should have subtitles turned on. I yes. watched it three times. I watched it. I didn't have subtitles turned on. I watched it three times, and a lot of it is... We've 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 talked in the show before about our uh, you know distaste for smash cutting you know it's yeah. so smash cutting it is so this 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 you know like there's no time to breathe there's no time to even think and it's not badly done the problem is is that there's so much cool shit in there that it needs its own fucking movie like you're you're really watching part two or three of a series depending on how much they can flesh out that damn intro montage it's not and, and if you if your complaint is that the intro is too story packed that's not really so much of a complaint as it is a request why didn't you make more of this i would watch an entire fucking series in this universe because holy fuck when this movie starts it, it it balls to the walls for 95 fucking minutes doesn't take your fuck it doesn't take its foot off the accelerator the whole time it, it, the, the the world is so and I know this is another thing we say on this show a lot but it's one of the highest compliments we can never give anything is that it's very lived in I mean like the whole yeah. reality of Code 8 is very lived in it's very you know the all the reality that you're watching it doesn't look unattainable it doesn't look something that is that just is too out, outside of the box to be real the thought of well, it's very much the real world the it's just a real of, world with people that have abilities. Not even this world doesn't even have superheroes or capes or anything. There's no identities. It's just people have abilities, and it's like a yeah. lot of people. It's very common. It's like half the population seems to have these. Yeah, abilities, but, but it causes I think that it's divide. Either half, half or sixty percent of the population have. I can I think it's sixty percent of the they population. Put, have they half. put a statistic in the big in the montage, and I don't yeah. remember it. That's what, that's uh, what I was trying to remember. I think really. It, it, so it's and, normalized. And, There's not superheroes with with capes and spandex. It's just people like people with electric powers have jobs working uh, on electricity, and, and welders have you know they have the welding coming out of their hands. So it's, it's just really normalized in there. Well, it, it also solves that problem in because you know there's there's something I always make fun of in in comic book movies and comic books especially, or what do these fuckers do in their day to day? You know? Ah, right, yeah. right. And and you see it in this, like they're fucking day laborers. They're, they're literally hanging outside of a fucking Home Depot. Hey, you got electric? Hey, do you got fire? Well, come and over the movie here. Also, uh, really ties well into the uh, illegal immigration thing. You can tell a lot of the uh, that's played in with the way they're uh, getting those jobs out in front of the Home Depot, like that. You know, they're unregistered workers, so it definitely plays into that discrimination a lot too. Well, they're under uh, unregistered powers because they have to register. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, that's, that's yeah, what and and it yeah. and it does show very very early in the movie. It does show what happens if you're unregistered. Uh, you get killed. Yes. <laughs> so, like like how much it, it? I don't think that it it ding 
rings the bell hard on things like illegal immigration and no, like, it, definitely, it definitely touches on it but oh fuck does it touch on it in a smart way this movie is yeah, way yeah. smarter than a netflix original is supposed to be and the, and the it, special effects are just a fucking oh, they're phenomenal right oh, man all the there, drones there's one, look so cool yeah the drones are cool the uh, guardians robots are really neat um i wanted to i, I googled this and couldn't find any answers i want to know if some of those drones are practical effects that they green screened in it looks like because it. they look so good, and finally getting to hear Arrow say "fuck" to me was a hard on for hell. Because if you've ever watched Eva Mel's Facebook Live stuff, he curses like you'd want Arrow to. Like they, <laughs> he runs a charity called Fuck Cancer for for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> like finally hearing him say "fuck, fuck, fuck." Like every time he said fuck to me it was the same fanboy boner i got in like watching logan when you heard old professor xavier say fuck <laughs> yeah it's fantastic um it, go ahead sorry there's there's a scene in particular that has such good special effects and i'm not going to spoil it all the way but uh the main character has electric he's an electric and uh a, a, you find out how powerful he is in one scene it really hits you anyway Oh, where yeah. he like, brings yeah, down, where he brings down one of these giant drones, um, it's pretty fucking intense. Well, not only is it a, a, a heavy beat to the story, it's also a heavy beat to, to just showing this reality. And that that was my probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie because uh, it, powers are so common in this, and they're classified. They 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 mention, are you a class two or is he a class right. five? Seeing people that don't know their own strength, I thought was kind of cool. Because in comic books, they especially dealing with mutants, especially mutants, X Men. I'm fucking looking at you hard. Uh, <laughs> they, it's it's like as soon as they're discovered, they can rank their abilities. You know, and it's always well, have, this um... big beat in the story when you find out they're more powerful than you thought. Like the moment that you found out that. You know, uh, Jubilee is a prime example of this. Does more than makes the plasmoid explosives can actually make basically small nuclear bombs with their hands. Right. You know, it's 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 those types of moments that make things with powers interesting. And it it didn't. This movie didn't slack on that. It actually really fanboy beat the X Men bell for me on that. And the best I, way, you know, I have to admit, for about the first maybe thirty minutes of the movie. I was expecting the Blackbird just to roll up and the original 90s team to come jumping out. It was, I don't want to say derivative. I don't want to say derivative, but I was kind of like, okay, this is very kind of X-Men-like in the same way that kind of Heroes was. But, man, when this movie takes that heist turn, there, there's a point in this movie where I didn't even think about that anymore. It definitely takes on its own identity for sure. Uh, yeah, because something else about this movie. CK neglected to tell me uh, that this was a heist movie when he was describing it, or I just didn't listen. Probably I didn't listen. I was pretty stoned. It's all the damn vodka. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm hungover as fuck for this. But uh, I I love heist movies, and as a guy that just loves heist movies, this is, at its core, one of the best-done heist movies that I've watched in the last five years. It's got a lot in common with Blomkamp movies visually, too. You know, it's really got this District 9 kind of of lived-in realisticness to it uh especially the 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 guardians or i think they were called mm, the yeah. the the robotic yep. police force very blomkamp very 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 blomkamp uh, very very chappy in design yes yes 
um, but effective. And like I, I yeah. did like the nods to. Okay, so for our listeners who haven't, so what we're describing here is that there is uh, robotic police officers that just shoot people with powers, right? They get dropped out of a drone, and uh, they're they're ran by a human, and they've got this, like, they're in tack gear, and they've got this, like, kind of drop-down thing that comes off the beginning of their gear, and they can point and click on everything, so... They basically have this little infrared tablet that shows what the Guardian is seeing, and they can point and click everything. And these motherfuckers are badasses. Like, they set them up in the intro credits, but it, it does not have... This was one of my bitches about the movie. The Guardians were set up in the intro credits in this way that you never got to see in how impactful they are. They're very based off the X-Men Sentinels. Just outright an X-Men Sentinels ripoff. But in a believable way, and like you can see scenes in this movie where there's like police officers and they're in tat gear and they've got this little infrared screen on their chest and they're clicking buttons and the guardians do what they want. They're sacrificial lambs. They they, they turn the sentinels into sacrificial lambs. So these mm-hmm. people that have these insane fantastical powers don't just touch your neck and burn you to fucking death. Instead, they fuck up these robots that they they do a very good job of making intimidating as shit like the first time that they drop they're not framed right the first time that they drop they really aren't they're like oh wow here's some fucking robots i don't know what the fuck is happening as soon as they drop however you get the picture (laughs) you're like oh shit these fuckers are badass but uh i i give this movie a very hard eight eight out of ten very hard uh, and like this, this could have went to theaters and been a fucking cult phenomenon. Like I, I think this is going to be a movie that probably does not get instant exposure because of everybody right now. That's especially if they're on Netflix, they're kind of well community drops. So most of us are just getting drunk and stoned to binge watching Community. I'm in that boat. I've already three and a half seasons in. Yeah, same man. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that's getting slept on that's going to get found in like a week or two or maybe a month or two. And uh, Code 8 is definitely going to be up there because fuck knows that Michael Bay movie they dropped with Ryan Reynolds. Nobody watched. Like, your parents watched it. And I'm fucking 38 saying it. Like, like oh, I, I, I tried to watch it. It's impossible to watch. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah, I, I made a 15 minutes. However, my 65-year-old father loved it when he was five scotches in. Okay. <laughs> I love everything like that. Watch yeah. Well, ever since uh, Michael Bay raped me with an Optimus Prime toy, uh, I'm never going to watch any of his movies again. Fuck him, so... Right. So yeah, so he's off the new Transformers flicks, though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's done. I think he's I, still got maybe an executive producer credit, but uh, that's it. If, if they got to be a if, rad, okay? If, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they got to slap his name on some fucking grease paint, fuck it. Who cares? He's out. He's gone. I don't care. You're gone. You could really tell with Bumblebee that it was obvious he was not involved with that. I still have not watched Bumblebee. I like, watch it. It's good. I mean, really? it's not right. you know, it's not perfect, but it's it's God. It compared to the uh, Michael Bay movies, it is. It, it's really it's got a heart and soul to it. Uh, yeah, that break, those movies were sorely lacking. Break it down for me, because we've probably got some listeners that haven't seen it too. So I, I, Bumblebee. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I'll break it down really fast in the shortest way that you need to know. It's set in the '80s. Uh, it's basically the E.T. Iron Giant story of the boy and his dog. In this case, it's the girl and her, and her new car that's a Transformer. Uh, 
and that's kind of what happens. You, you just sold me on Iron Giants <laughs> in the eighties. That's all. Transformers. Yeah. It's what they were trying to. Um, it's what they thought they were doing with the first Transformers movie. This first one kind of tapped into that a little bit, but you know, you had Michael Bay turn it to TNA and uh, explosions. And explosions. Yeah, the right. problem first one is at least tolerable. The first one's yes. the only tolerable one, but I do have to point out that anybody that did not get seasick when they were stoned watching it the first time and those action sequences in the third act has like a higher constitution of marijuana than any person ever should, and you should seek help. Because <laughs> holy shit, I was baked off my ass the first two times I tried to make it through this movie. I, it took me three passes to get through Transformers. Well, anyway, Bumblebee I, I got seasick as fuck. So Check yeah, okay. I will watch that. I yeah. will definitely watch that. Hey, is it on any streaming that, services yet, or is it still just on demand? It should be. I don't know. Should be somewhere. It, it, I, I saw it on HBO at one point. So I mean, like, I have to check the seven streaming services I have and sort of come up with. <laughs> right. God, I can't uh, wait for my TV to run out so I can just do streaming services. <laughs> Speaking of uh, some good news, um. Justice League Dark is happening. I hate, JJ, to, right? I hate to say yeah. you called it, but you called it. I called it, guys. I don't. We're, I'll have to pull CK it out. CK calls everything. I know it's so weird. I called the coronavirus. Um, <laughs> it's so crazy though, because all right, to the letter, the story of what's going on with Justice League Dark is what I said would happen when I heard that. When I heard that J.J. Abrams was going to do work for a, for HBO Max, that he had signed a deal with them and with uh, with Warner Brothers, I thought, okay, well, he's going to do something uh, DC-related since he signed with both those things. They're going to bring him in and make it the thing. I said that then. Then I found out that there was a Justice League Dark uh, project out there again, supposedly uh, for DC. And I literally said, yeah, you know what's going to happen? J.J. Abrams is going to do it as a show on HBO Max. And that's exactly what's happening. It had been in development hell as a movie for years. There was never a script. They could never attach anybody. Oh, no, there's scripts. I've read them. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, they're good, too. Like, like, uh, from what I read, it was just stuck in development hell. Like, there's always a problem was, uh, from what I read... Uh, their major issue was that they could not find a way to introduce this many characters without tie-ins to other shit, because this is when the DCU was very, very, very focused on everything tying together because they wanted to be Marvel, and they couldn't find a way to line in any of this. And there was also the John Constantine problem where they... If you cast anybody but that dude that plays him now... Matt Ryan... yeah, if you cast anybody but him, fans will revolt. Oh, yeah. No, no, that dude is Constantine. Yeah, he's Constantine to the fucking core. <laughs> like, he, if, like, he's Constantine to the point that Keanu Reeves has said he wants another crack at the role because that guy's too good. Yeah. I think no, it's worth I mean, taking like, a second to, um, uh, to um, you know, go over to the fans what Justice League Dark is. I know we've got different stages of, of fandom that listen to the show, and, you know, Justice League Dark... Uh, is it's a Justice League team, but it's dealing with the supernatural, the magic, things like that. It's got a rotating cast. Very rotating. <laughs> Very rotating. Uh, you know, so you've got Constantine, you've got mm-hmm. Zatanna. It, it, it's dealing with supernatural uh, magic aspects that are on a level that you need a Justice League team called in on, but something like Superman wouldn't know what the fuck to do with. So, What's the rhyming demon's name again? I can't think of Etrigan. it. Yeah. Etrigan. Etrigan. 
Jason, yeah, I love that guy. Great character. Yeah, and he's he he's on the he's on the confirmed list for this too, isn't he? Yes, uh, the confirmed list. But oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's obvious because I haven't seen a confirmed cast list on a on it. So, so the the characters that they said that will be involved for sure. Uh, there's no cast listing, by the way, but the ca- the characters that will be involved will be John Constantine, Swamp Thing, Z- uh, Doctor Fate. But I think that that said like not not a major role, but Doctor Fate sure, would sure. be in it. Uh, Doctor Fate would be better suited though as somebody that just appears and disappears. Exactly. Yeah, if he's there the whole time, everything's taken care of. It's not fair. Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. He 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 he'll he'll MacGuffin the fuck out of that if he's in every yeah. episode. And uh, you got Dead Man and Etrigan. Uh, Dead Man's a fucking solid pick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your that's your it's that's your really core interesting character. Uh, that uh, and the only villain that I've heard attached to it so far has been uh, Gentleman Ghost. Um, and but they did say that there is a possibility for uh, guest appearances because you guys got to think this is a high pr- high quality premium fucking TV show. This is going to be very expensive. Uh, this is not going to be on like this is not going to be an Arrowverse type show. This is going to be a Game of Thrones type show. Oh God! Yes. You had to you had to hit that in the dick for how low budget some of the Arrowverse stuff can be. I'm just saying, dude. But if you recall when um, HBO Max first made these announcements, they said that they're going to be putting in you know full blown Hollywood budgets into these projects. So this yeah. tracks for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this uh, uh, so far as far as we know, Justice League Dark looks like their flagship. And if this I, is their flagship, if this is the direction that they're going. Fuck yes, you heard us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> As well, a lifelong DC that. obsessed fan, Justice League Dark to me is one of those things that you you watch the animated movies for, and you still are pissed off because it doesn't fit your expectations. Like, like the, it's such a hard property to nail. And I, I'm, I'm going to outright say it. I know some people have varying opinions of this. J.J. Abrams can't finish shit. He cannot finish. Shit. He openly admitted when Lost was over that he wrote himself into a corner and that he didn't know how to finish it. He he writes storylines that when he has a team with him have an ending. Like, look at the original Cloverfield. He did not complete that narrative. When he is a part of a team, shit gets done hard. Yeah. yeah. He's just the showrunner. He's not the guy writing and directing everything. He's the fucking showrunner. So he's going to well, have there, a team with him. So it's fuck yes, this is where he needs to be. Focused on multiple projects, going in, using his JJ magic to make sure everything looks cool. Because there's one thing you got to give JJ Abrams credit for. Everything that he does is stylish as fuck. You know, it's not oh, stylized. It's fucking stylish. It's yeah. fucking pretty. Yeah, it's it's going to take a brain like that to do Justice League Dark. You could not go in half-cocked. Or taking in new people, like, the way that, you know, and I have always appreciated Marvel for this, the way that they will tap people who don't have, say, like, the giant resumes and everything, and they'll throw them into this just to kind of make them famous, you know? They very much John Travolta, uh, a, a few careers, Pulp Fiction style, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh, like, like, fucking, even, you know, our, our, our beloved Favreau wasn't doing shit when he did this. You know, he had three projects that failed before Iron Man, maybe four. Uh, 
it's going to take somebody like JJ to be the front runner. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm ranting. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking excited. This is a project that somebody like JJ Abrams needs to be the showrunner for. He needs to be the guy behind the scenes telling people what to do. Like now they have that window where they can pull in new people, and JJ can mold them like fucking drones and go JJ shit. But people that can finish a fucking story because <laughs> he can't. Oh my god, so I'm, uh, breaking news, guys, um, I just got a, uh, message from a local comic book shop owner, just now, literally while we're doing this, uh, they got a call from Image Comics just now. Really? Yes, their VP of sales, Jeff Strand, is calling comic shops and asking what they can do to help with the situation. Wow. That is awesome! Now, you know what that sounds like, too. Death throws? That, that they may be going, they may be splitting from Diamond. I could see Image doing it more than any other company. Um, I could see Image completely running on their own because, you know, they manage smaller labels. So it's, it's, you know, it's not just like Marvel where it's just, oh, it's Image Comics. Image is an umbrella. So I could definitely see them having their own distribution for sure. Well, um, you know, it's totally on brand for Image, too, because if you look at this retrospectively, Image was the first creator-owned content in comic books. So, like, yeah. retroactively, this is totally on brand for Image to do something like and this. And we are totally going to do an Image Comics uh, episode soon. That's you know what? That's actually uh, been – there's a few listeners that have mentioned why we have not done an indie episode yet because we've mentioned it on the show before. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, hell, Indy, I mean, you could do a whole episode on Image. Well, it turns out we have some free time on our hands. Yeah, right? we do. And uh, isn't isn't uh, Jamie Skull kind of like a fucking Image or just indie fanatic? Didn't she? Yeah, she, yeah that's, that's how she originally started reading comics uh, back in the 90s growing up there. So, she's yeah, she's definitely a good guest for that one. That's going to be a four-person show for sure. we got to call her in. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing we did talk I- about earlier here is uh, the digital comics. Now, we've not mentioned how uh, there's this kind of gray area there. Why haven't comics just started uh, being released digitally? Uh, That was my question to you guys when you, in our group thread, when you put in the, uh, the, you know, Diamond fucking everything up. There was like 10,000 ways Diamond could have done this better than what they did it. Mm -hmm. But I think think there's a solidarity uh, with not wanting to have the local comic shops fucked even more out of oblivion with these major companies and they're actually resisting the concept of just going ahead and stretching straight out to digital um and they could easily they get to be bam tomorrow they could start releasing comics but they don't want to further crush these shops uh that's admirable i i think it's i think it's a good move i do think that there's a gray area here though where they could have done like you mentioned earlier the uh the walmart 80 page giants there's a gray area where we could have had stuff like that digitally just to hold us over until books can ship again. They could have done – well, okay. What The only thing that I think – they still did that. The stuff that's direct to digital, kind of like the Injustice comics and stuff, <clears throat> those obviously came out because they didn't want to hurt the stewards. Uh, the, um, oh, also Aftershock Comics just called and said the same thing. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Diamond might be up against the wall here. Uh, good, but fucking good. Here's, I know. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. With digital, and I hate 
that we have to talk about this, but it's a conversation that it's the elephant in the room, and we all know where I'm going with this. I don't. I really don't. Uh, you're going. You're going to know. This okay, I am, so fu- I am quarantine been, hungover. I don't know. It, Explain. It's been the elephant in the room for a while with comic book sales. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about shops. It's always teetering anyway. Uh, I think that this situation that happened moves us further into the inevitable future, and I do mean this, inevitable future, where comics are predominantly digital. And that the books, that if you want books, they'll still be shops where you can go get your hard copies of certain things. But I think they're, because they've already announced that they're cutting their, listen, DC's already cut 30%. Marvel's cutting. Marvel's cutting like no, sorry, not DC. Marvel's cutting like thirty percent, which is good because you guys put out too much shit. Okay, like oh, it's ridiculous. Marvel weekly shipping. Ugh. Marvel's needed its balls cut for a while, and uh-huh. like I, I remember just a sidebar you here uh, when the New Fifty Two and when Rebirth happened. No, it was Rebirth. It was specifically Rebirth. Uh, me and Mike talked about this then. Like, holy fuck, you guys are doing bi-weekly shipping on this. We don't have enough money for all of these titles. And, like, right after we started complaining about it, you saw the DC roster drop half. Yeah. The, yeah. Just just so they could accommodate these books that sold. You saw it was a test experiment. They canceled a bunch of shit so they could keep everything bi-weekly. And you know what? It fucking worked. We quit complaining pretty fucking fast. Marvel, however, is smoking meth in the back of the room, pumping out insane amounts of titles. And they do a reboot, what, every nine goddamn months? And every time they do it, yeah. it's, it's fucking this gigantic list of titles. All the cool shit always gets canceled, too. You know, like the Carnage run and the champ, you know, the Champions run and shit like that gets fucked. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I just, I think that we're heading, uh, we're heading, this pushed us forward towards that digital market. And I expected, honestly, the company, I, I appreciate what they did to take care of the local shops. They stood in solidarity instead of saying, because all they had to do is test run it. And man, if everybody would have bought all those digital comics up and to see the money that could have come through, they could have just been like, all right, well, we're doing this more now. I, I, I see where you're going with things possibly all going digital. Uh, I, I, I hate to think that it's an inevitability. I really do. Like I don't want to live in that world. I know because, you hate to, but I, I, they're not doing it. The, the 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 quarantine situation, everything is not forever. You know, like we're we're in a lump for a few fucking months, and then a lot of people are going to buy back issues. A lot of shops will fold. A lot of shops will succeed. But I I do honestly believe I want to hold out hope that these companies know that the comic book shops. This is a bar for nerds one of the smartest things that i ever heard about comic book shop came out of uh, previous guest you know bill's mouth from comics exchange and he said some people go to coffee shops to hang out some people go to bars to hang out and some people go to comic book shops to hang out it is a social experience you know and like we talked about this years ago you know and way before comics were they were, they were on the rise to where they have been, but like, like they were on the rise. We're talking like Iron Man 2-ish as a movie kind of thing, you know? And he was like, yeah, this is where we go to hang out, and we all know each other's names. You know, it's the barber shop for guys that have no haircut, you know? All right. Mike, you that's an interesting sorry. factor in the no 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 that's an interesting factor actually that's going to play into my next question here. This is this is going to be a rough question, and it's something I've actually thought about. 
But with the onset of the popularity of the Marvel movies, the DC live-action shows, uh, the animated stuff, have comics become obsolete? You know, back when we were growing up, the only place you could find these stories were in comic books. You couldn't just go see uh, these movies. It wasn't accepted. It wasn't a big deal. You had to literally buy comics to get these stories. And now they're they're completely accepted. Uh, and now comics are really just kind of functioning as storyboards almost for these shows now. So, I mean, have comics become obsolete? Uh, my two cents on this before CK goes into a CK speech. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know I can feel it coming. Like the, I can feel disturbance in the force. Uh, I have not financially been able to afford hard copy comics in almost a year now. And I can't wait for the moment to do it because as a, as a reader and a fan, I would I get bored with the TV shows because there's so much fucking filler in them. At least so much filler. Arrowverse especially. Holy God. You do 24 episodes a fucking season when you need seven. You know? Right. Uh, like, I, yeah. I, 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 I go in this reverse loop where I go right back to the books. I more often than not, when I have the money to afford current issues, read comics while watching the comic book TV shows and double down. Because there's so much bullshit filler in this stuff from where they've got to pad out a network television series that you literally only have to watch like five minutes of a fucking episode. So I don't know. I, me personally, I think that it's it's driving sales, and you know, if you ask comic book shop owners, it's they'll their sales have been drastically up in the last few years than they were the years before. I I think it feeds the machine because people want to cut to the filler and get to the cake. You know? Yeah. Well, here's the problem: their their sales are up, but their sales still suck. Oh yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Let, I mean, dude, nobody's selling millions of books anymore. It's a fraction of the '90s. We talked about this again with Bill. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, about I feel it. like we're we're we're, we're it, like I feel like that episode is required listening for the show now. <laughs> right. Okay, please well, I mean, go back just... and check out that episode. By the way, it's a great yeah. one. Yeah, the interview with Bill Langford. Check that one out. It's awesome. It'll, it 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 kind of it's kind of uh, crazy. There's things I should have asked then that I was talking with the guys that I was wanting to ask but i was afraid to ask and had i asked them then it would have definitely improved uh the what we know now uh, all of us help. left with unanswered questions but part of that was just bill was such a fucking good interview he was so fun to talk yeah, to so much fun but no okay i don't think that they're obsolete i think in their current format they are obsolete i do think that uh digitally they would become uh if they were pushed digitally with a full marketing structure, I think that they would be huge again, like actually really huge. And I think also that the – I don't know if you guys remember this, but around 2000 – when did Civil War come out? 2004? Seven-ish. 2007? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, 2007. So around that time was when there was a lot of rumors going around that comics were going to go too strictly trades and digital. Ah, oh, that's right. I do remember that now. I do yeah. remember this, yeah. Because there, wasn't there a thing that floated around originally saying the Civil War miniseries was just going to come out as a trade? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's why I pointed it out. And I think that with the Walmart model working so well, that possibly you would just find, if you want a comic book, you just go to the store or to the bookshelf, grab your trade that's finished. Instead of them releasing weeklies, it'll just be a trade, or you can go online and download it 
issue to issue or in trade format, whatever. I want to yeah, point out, by the way, that, that this is the only time anybody's ever said the phrase Walmart model worked so well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it did. I mean, the it really did. Really yeah. Mm. Also, I think the books that are being shipped out by DC at the end of this month, real quick, uh, just to bring this part up, uh, I, I watched an interview with Bendis yesterday and tried to keep up with everything he was going on about. It looks like he's moving into a very big, a much bigger um, role at DC Creative. Is he going to take Dido's role? Who's, who's, who's I, taking his job? I think that Nobody he's so far. To, I think that it's going to be Bendis from the way he was talking. If it's going to be Bendis as a lifelong DC hog, everybody that listens to the show or knows me knows I'm a fucking DC obsessed. If he takes it over, I'm going to start fucking cashing in my daughter's college money to get DC books again. Like, yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I kind of almost shit. almost kind of feel the opposite. I I think he's almost kind of past his prime. He's starting to flirt with, with Byrne territory, Claremont territory, where he's almost seeming kind of dated to me now. Uh, like 90s business, sure, awesome. But I don't, I'm not sure if I'm feeling business these days so much. Okay. Superman feels very, very out of touch. I, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, everybody talked that Superman run up, and I've professively hated Superman my whole life. You know, There's one good yeah. Superman story arc, and it's when they fucking killed him. <laughs> uh, I, the one on the farm where he's raising John after rebirth. That is my favorite Superman beautiful. story. That was, uh, shit I, I, was awesome. The Grant Morrison Action Comics New 52 run was fucking dope. That's like, uh, are you talking about, oh yeah, but, but uh, I thought you were gonna say Morrison's All Star Superman, which is the quintessential Superman book. It's amazing and Kingdom Come. But go ahead. I mean, there, I'm not. There's not. It, it's not that Superman's completely an offbeat topic. It, it's just you know it's fucked when it's been around for this long and we can only name like four or five storylines that are good. Well, I've, some, I've always felt that way about him. I've never liked his supporting cast. I just I don't know. It's a hard, it's I read it's a hard the, sell for me. I read the Bendis shit, and I thought maybe the only reason that this is good is because we really want it to be good. Like, I felt that way about it. I, my opinion of Bendis is that he's not been challenged. Like, the last time he was really he had his dick against the wall was when he did that Guardians of the Galaxy run. Right. And his I Guardians of the Galaxy street run. level stuff anyway. His Guardians of the Galaxy run is quintessential. Like, if you remotely like Guardians of the Galaxy, you need to get all of the trades of what Bendis wrote. Like, it is quintessentially Was that during uh, during, um, Annihilation? No, no. He got the job uh, before the movie came out. They had the book, and they had nobody wanted to touch it because everybody thought the movie was going to flop, and they didn't want to fucking touch it. And Bendis went, you know what? Uh, give me the notes, and like he got the notes of what they were doing with the characters for the movie, but he did not do a movie tie-in at all. It was not that way. He wrote his right. version of the way that James Gunn was going to take these characters out. And if you're going to relaunch a book and you're going to base it around a movie, he everybody needs to take a page out of Bendis' model because he he took the core character hits out of it. But he did not write a fucking movie adaptation at all, like especially for Star Lord. Like he went, Star, his Star Lord is a fucking bastard. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's an asshole. Space Prince. Rocket was a straight up mass murderer. All those murdered uh, memes and shit that you see of Rocket—that's the Bendis run. Yeah, <laughs> so, like he he turned Rocket. I can't stress this enough. Into a genocidal maniac. The, 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 uh, the point I was going to make, though, 
sorry, just real quick, uh, with Bendis, was that I think that some of the stuff that they're going to be shipping, you know, the uh, not just the day, uh, I forgot what the, the initiative is called. Is it day, day, day and Date Digital, where the Injustice comics and all that? Oh, right, right, uh, right, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Something like um, that, they're, yeah. They're out of continuity books, though, so, you know. Yeah, they're all the out of continuity stuff, which Marvel does it, too. Um, I think that those are the first books that DC's going to be sending out. They're going to be printing those and sending them out since, the, you know, they don't have to worry about, other, you know. Other than the stuff that's already sitting at fucking Diamond right now, by the way. Right, right now. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. stuff right that they could be sending out. Yeah, it's sitting there. It, there's, it, it, it's confirmed that it's been printed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's plenty of books there. But this is going to throw everything... From what Bendis was saying uh, during the conversation, DC is taking a massive change. And yeah, I agree with you that Bendis isn't what he used to be, but I think that him in a role such as Didio's role could, would be a good thing for him because he does make good creative choices as far as... Absolutely, absolutely. I like how we're, we tangented into the 15 topics on this and then we're wrapping it all back up. <laughs> uh, my my uh, wrap-up on this is simple. Bendis needs a challenge. Giving yeah. him a role like head of DC creative, like just for the books, is a type of challenge a guy on his caliber needs. He mm -hmm. always writes too many books at once. He always has his hands in too many pots. If you just made that his job and he wasn't so much writing the books as he was creative controlling them, I think this might be the type of challenge the dude needs. Like give him Dido's job. Give it to him. He might be the only person that could Jeff Johns level helm DC or for the love of Fuck, give it back to Jeff Johns. Jesus fucking uh, He's got his own thing now. He's got his own la la uh, label and all that that he's working on, and he's fine. J Johns is fine. <laughs> well, so that, you know I also been, uh... think that he ran out of characters to reboot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I've been, uh, been uh, going out running about doing uh, the family errands once a week here, uh, putting on the mask and gloves, and I happen to swing by Target a couple times the past couple weeks, and I've been noticing the action figures coming out for these delayed movies. Like, I'm starting to see all the Black Widow figures in the stores. Uh, I came across the McFarlane Wonder Woman. Uh, I didn't realize that was supposed to be out yet. But you can see where these timing these toys up to be released with the movies, and the movies aren't coming out, and the toys are. And there's something else that's been a uh, breaking street date as far as toys are concerned. I've started to see these real Ghostbusters toys pop up online. Yes, yes. I was hoping we were going to talk about that. Uh, I, my, my, I keep getting tagged in this shit in comments. And it's weird because of the, the three people in this show, I know the least about toys. <laughs> I guess I just talk about <laughs> Ghostbusters that much. Because <laughs> I keep getting tagged in pictures of people's real Ghostbusters toys. And I'm like, fuck you. I don't have an employment checks. I want to buy all of those. Oh, my God. They look beautiful. They, they, they're, oh, they're, they're hot. Original, they are hot. They're the yeah, original they're molds, wonderful. right? They are made from the original molds with extra um, articulation. Uh, articulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what, what's they're, they're made from the original card art. Uh, honestly, we're all going to have them eventually. We all. Oh, will. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have space on my wall. I literally cleared when I found out that they were out like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm no. doing that shit. And, and they're, they're exclusive to Walmart, I believe. Isn't that right? I think I think it's like a maybe a limited time. I think they might be exclusive to Walmart for us a, a window, and then they're going to go elsewhere. I could be wrong right. on that, but I think that's what I read. Well, for yeah. I know for now they're exclusive to something because we we had a you know for now it's we, Walmart. Yes, we talked last night, Walmart, and yeah. like it's only in one shop right now because yeah. everywhere that I saw had 
they're all I thought it was Target and fucked it up. It's Walmart. No, it's Walmart. Walmart. But uh, they've also broken street date. I think the official release is until, uh, I think it's Friday. It's this week sometime, maybe Tuesday of next week. But it's right around the next few days when they're actually supposed to be released. And, uh, you know, you've seen people where they've come across Walmart where they put them out a little early. And that's really driving people's excitement. I mean, you know, I mean they're already on eBay, like scumbag scalpers. But, um, you know, that's another story. Hey, people, hey, are getting, people are randomly getting Duke. Hey, scalpers, oh, we hate you. <laughs> Somehow people yeah, are randomly uh, getting Duke and Snake Eyes. Wait, what? 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 Yeah, what? the six-inch, uh, six-inch show figures. The people are getting the six-inch. I thought the six-inch right? show figures weren't out yet. They're like they're out they're now. They're not. Huh? <laughs> they're not. Oh shit! Not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just like the, the uh, Contra Funko Pops. Those don't ship till May, but they're in my room. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know, that was a cool score. Did you, oh, I know. Did, did you scalp those too? Are you a scalper? No, no, there were only two left, and you know there were only two left besides the two I got, and you know the, you know my rule, you, man. You save one for the kids. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, what are the? How are the six inches looking though? Uh, I, I I've been curious about this because I want to feel the of them, the Joe so. six inches specifically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, orgasm worthy. I mean, they're they're spectacular. They're everything you could possibly want in my eyes. I mean, I've read some people complain that they might look a little cartoony. Um, I disagree completely. I think they look phenomenal. They do. What do you think, CK? They, 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 I, I think can somebody pull perfect. a picture of these up and put it in the thread so I can see them? Yeah, give me one second. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my spiel. So, obviously, Good. I'm a giant G.I. Joe collector. I own uh, a huge portion of the products that have ever been released. After Don't you have a G.I. Joe tattoo? Yes. My, <laughs> my tattoo on my arm is a Snake Eyes of Rush Chicago tattoo. So, yeah, That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, my, so you, you 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 you've maybe you've seen an episode or two, <laughs> maybe read a yeah, book or no, two. Yeah, no, no, I, I I have everything GI Joe. Uh, I've I, I have a insurance policy on my GI Joes if that lets you know anything. Um, Jesus fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these are perfect in almost every single way. They took the best of both worlds of classic design and added in some more. The things that people are pissed off about right now, a little more extra sci-fi kind of a thing going on, but not a lot. They just added some gold armor uh, to, like, elbows and knees. Uh, but they, the paint, paint job is essentially uh, OG, but modernized, of course. Um, I'm not they, seeing how any of this is a downside. You're describing things right. I want to go buy. Like, this um, is a, you should be in their marketing department and do the sales pitch. Oh, I know. Yeah, check the thread. I probably right, could have been the there for you. Yeah, go Thank you. The, the articulation on them is that they took. It's like Hasbro took the articulation from all all their best articulation from their different lines and put it together. It's almost like yeah, the they're, they're essentially um. They're Marvel Legends figures, you know, with GI Joe uh, flavor for sure. They're Marvel Legends figures, but with better articulation. <laughs> they have two ad rockers. Holy shit! I'm looking at yeah, it right they now. Are, uh, they holy. are really pro looking. That Destro, holy uh, fuck! Yeah. Yep. Man. Okay, people are complaining <laughs> about this. That no, Destro I mean, not overall. There's, there's not some mild grumbling, but I think they've been overall accepted very well. That Destro is sexy as hell. That's that's. They fucking... all are. The only thing that I would you know what the, the thing Destro figure do... honestly nails how intimidating he's supposed to be. That Destro is the quintessential Destro now. In my yeah, opinion. that's, yeah, that's, that's like, the perfect figure. The perfect G.I. Joe Destro right there. He has the briefcase and everything. It's perfect. Um, but 
the only thing I could see doing is if they come out, because some pictures I've seen, the colors are really, really, really bright and flashy. I could see people who don't like that. Dude, just get online, watch a tutorial how to do a custom wash with a brown, and yep. you're, you're fine. Your figure will be perfect. Do some washing on it, and you're, you're good. That scarlet is steampunky as all fuck, and I love it. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I, I, I seriously cannot understand how this isn't beloved. These are fantastic. Oh, they are beloved. It's it's a very minute amount of grumbling, dude. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's just honestly, like a little bit of light complaint. Yeah. That's it. Okay, that's about, yeah, those, those people need to go fuck themselves. <laughs> this is, uh, this is also, awesome. with the Ghostbusters line and the stuff that's coming in Walmart, the, also those three and three quarter inch versions of the uh, movie for, uh, figures are starting to hit shelves from what I've heard. Wait a minute. The new movie figures are three seven fives? There are two of them. There are three and three uh, quarter inch, and that's like a combination of real Ghostbusters and the movie look. And then there's the six inch, like, super duper ones. The I forgot what they're called. The, yeah, th- that's cool. the ones I'm looking forward to personally. Uh, those yeah. are the ones I'm, I'm really wanting. Those are like spectacular. I wasn't aware of the uh, the four inch guy. I was like, huh, that's cool. Yeah. Good for that. I know there's some three seven five collectors in the world, and they've been starved over the past few years. So that's good that those are going to be available. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I'm still just blown Joe. away by how good these fucking new Joe figures look. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, listeners, please go Google this so you can understand why we're tripping out if you've not already. Uh, GI because... Joe, uh, GI Joe classified. That's what you're looking for. GI Joe classified. Thank you. Yeah. They, these are these are fucking tight. I I I need these. God, I never so thought I'd cool see GI Joe make no. a resurgence. So that's it's a good GI Joe's making. I didn't either. Uh, I, I mean, since 2016, the last thing that came out was the 50th anniversary stuff at Toys R Us. Toys R Us closed, and I said, "Well, no more GI Joe." Well, the movies didn't do him any favors either. Holy no, fuck, no. were those abortions? Ugh. I mean, you just pray that Snake Eyes gets finished. After all this, and we have a good movie because it sounds like that they're doing a good job on it. I still, I think we brought this up on the show. I cannot believe how much of a recent story GI Joe sounds like. I mean, this was the '80s, of course, but it's a it's a story about an American terrorist group, and fighting them is a group of special forces agents from all over the world, super diverse, all over the world. These guys fighting this American terrorist group. You can make that today. Come on, it's crazy. It, it seems like it was written today. It's what it I was does. saying about re, it's like when I was saying remake Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a TV series because literally that is something that would come out now. I I I would uh, love to see like I, I I don't know I don't know if if GI Joe is a new fucking property and it's starting to get off the ground now I I, I I'm 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 in the disagreement camp on this. I don't think they could get it off the ground without somebody trying to turn it into a political mouthpiece. Oh, of course it would be. Yeah. But That's why you're starting with like a ninja movie. <laughs> it does yeah, sound well. <laughs> recent. That's why you're getting the ninja movie first, to ease people into it. But Scarlet's going to be in that movie, so you're going to have some folks in that movie. Just, just put Shipwreck in it so that I can be happy. Please. He is Come clearly on, gay, and I want him in the movie. <laughs> he's No, no, man. Clear, no, he's not gay, dude. Shipwreck is a pimp. Like, his shipwreck is the one they always have to worry about going around all the girls. He's a they're sailor, like, on, so that ties in. That's funny. Yeah. Dude, he's always the one they're like, get away from her, dude. Him and Fal- Falcon's worse, but, I mean, it's Don Johnson. Uh, <laughs> so, it doesn't matter. Hey, and you know what? Hey. This has nothing to do with Don Johnson, but there's a movie that's going to be coming out. <laughs> and it's probably – let me just uh, paint a picture for you. I think that we won't be able to go back to the theaters probably till around Christmas time. That's fair. That's a fair assumption. 
around Christmas time. Oh, I mean, you might be able to, but you fucking shouldn't. <laughs> right. They're, they're, well, I just don't think any big releases are going to happen until then because of the fact right. that they're just they're they're not going to take the chance of people not going because people aren't going to want to. Yeah. But when they do want to, it'll be around Christmas time, I think. There'll be a film released, and that film is going to be Dune. Yeah. So you've got a lot of opinions on Dune. Uh huh. I'm I'm your uh, resident um, Usul, your resident siege master on Dune. Um, now I'll uh, this... I'll admit I'll admit something to you and all of our listeners. Uh, it's starting to feel kind of embarrassing now that I'm reading all this stuff about Dune. I've never really done Dune. I saw the original movie. I thought it was okay as a kid. Sting was naked. It was a little weird, <laughs> and it never really latched onto me. Um, so Which is earth really for burning. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Apparently, this is way more fucking awesome than I ever knew it was. So I'm looking forward to this. I read the book in middle school, and uh, it took me all of middle school to read it. Yeah, because it's it, if you ever needed a book to prop up a chair, it is Dune. Yeah. <laughs> it's very long. It's it, very, very long. I, it's I, not I Stephen King long. It's not Stephen King long. Or Gone with the Wind long. But it's long. It's 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 pretty fucking long. Yeah. It's, like, it's, all right. It's, it's, okay, give us uh, give us the breakdown here with this movie coming up. It seems legit. What's your take on all this? Okay. So, uh, like I said, um, I'm a big Dune fan. Uh, the the Dune fan base is a rabid fan base. <laughs> um, there's a lot of them, but they're more silent. And uh, it, it's really starting to come out now. You're seeing a lot of people the the hype for Dune because of this movie. Um, because we've waited forever to have a proper adaptation of Dune. Well, haven't um, they tried this project a few times and never got off the ground? Dude, they've tried this project since Jodorowsky tried it back in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, like, this, but yeah, they've done this project. Uh, I think Aronofsky was attached to this one. I remember Darren uh, Aronofsky being it, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so. This film is going to be in two parts. It's directed by Denis Villeneuve, and if you don't know who that is, you're missing out on his movies because uh, they're incredible. Uh, Arrival is a fantastic science fiction movie. Not The Arrival, but Charlie Sheen. Yes. That and, movie's uh, really good. I know, yeah. he, also did the, he also did Blade Runner 2049, the superior oh. movie to the original. Huh. Uh, so he's got the chops and he's got the love. He's doing it, in, like I said, in two parts, and he has a cast that is un fucking real that they, they pulled these people together for this movie the cast is bonkers so we have you got timothy chalamet as paul zendaya is playing chani the girlfriend from the story uh you've got oscar zendaya is nailing roles left and right oh, in I know. culture god damn her being, chani, her. her being chani is perfect uh oscar isaac as duke leto uh paul atreides father uh, Jason so Momoa. Oscar Isaac's getting his redemption song from Apocalypse. Well, I mean, not really. He's playing Duke Leto, so he's probably going to be in it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> point, point, fair. <laughs> uh, Momoa's playing Duncan Idaho. Uh, you got Stella Skarsgård as uh, Baron Harkonnen. Dave Batista's in it. Josh Brolin's Gurney. Uh, this is the Javier only movie with a bigger cast than Suicide Squad. I know, right? Javier Bardem. Uh, I mean, it's it's big it's, fan of that guy yeah. myself. I like him yeah. a lot. No Country Rebecca for Ferg Old Men was so fucking good. Rebecca Ferguson, who played Rose the Hat in um, Doctor Sleep, is playing Lady Jessica, and she's awesome. Rebecca Ferguson rules. So this movie is stacked. 
they have been working their ass off on it. And, man, the pictures came out, and I, they are just candid shots. But if you guys have seen them, they're absolutely gorgeous. I uh, I I saw them because you put it in our group thread, and oh, it right, yeah. looked absolutely fantastic. And it should be noted that this is on the list of movies that coronavirus didn't fuck at the ass. Yeah, like somehow they're still getting this fucking thing done. Uh, Suicide Squad so found out fucking over desert. This, is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicide Squad's completely done filming, and they're doing it all in post right now. Its release date's it fucking static, and it didn't also did not fuck up Guardians Three. Because it wasn't starting to go to film until the end of the year. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, a lot of writing's getting done for stuff, too. And a lot of little things that need to be done. A lot of post-production because people are just sitting at home doing their part. Oh, we're getting a big renaissance when this is over. Y'all better buckle the fuck in. There's going to be... Just stupid. like the Black Plague. There yeah. was a renaissance after that. Remember? Anybody yep. remember? I was there. Really? Remember? Remember <laughs> <laughs> the Black Plague. <laughs> it's going to be huge, man. I'm sorry, I derailed well, your Dune thing. Keep on your Dune thing. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up. Of course, I've got this going um, for for a bit. But Dune is Dune is very beloved. Dune is very. Um, for those of the, that don't know Dune, can you give them like a? I know I, I've read the book. I know it's convoluted as all hell. But could you give somebody like a minute breakdown of the story? Absolutely, I can. Okay, so first, what I'll do is I'll do some comparisons. Pretty much everything you've loved in science fiction your whole life in movies <laughs> has basically been based on Dune. <laughs> your comparison is everything you love is Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Almost all of it is the Dune story. It's oh, the hero's we, journey. It's fucking. We just named uh, the show right there. Everything you love is Dune. <laughs> I mean, like. That book inspired so many science fiction. I mean, there's no Star Wars without Dune. No, there's not at all. Uh, there, hell, uh, you know that giant uh, skeleton in Star Wars that C-3PO in the desert, that C-3PO and R2 walked by in the first movie? Yeah. That's a sandworm. <laughs> I thought, uh, uh, correct walk. me if I'm wrong, but isn't the Sarlacc pit and the asteroid worm also Dune ripoffs? Yes. Okay. Homages, homages. Anyway, let me explain Dune just real fast. It's it's George Lucas. It's a ripoff. (laughs) Dune is about a desert planet. And on that desert planet, there is a thing called the spice. And this spice controls the entire universe. They use it to, they use it for travel. They use it for uh, literally every medicine, everything. Um, It's like if the force was fuel. So think about Game of Thrones with all these different families fighting over this one planet to harvest the spice, screwing each other all the time, screwing each other over all the time so that they can get a little bit more than these other people can get a little bit more. But there is a legend that a savior will come and free Arrakis. And that is Paul Atreides who learns basically the force, but it's the weirding way from the Fremen. And it's when you ingest enough spice and the water of life. So you become basically a superhero. And uh, that's what the whole story is about, liberating Arrakis from uh, oppression. Mm, it's also got a very what does, Jesus feel. What's oh, the spice? Do you, do you smoke the spice? Do you snort the spice? What do you, how do you eat the spice here? How, what are you doing with the uh, spice? A lot of the times it's used as a tincture. Uh, ah. But, uh, yeah, people do the spice in many different ways. I've never seen – I don't remember anybody smoking it. But maybe somebody smoked it in Chapter House. I just what remember is, them drinking it. Yeah, well – that's I mean, maybe that lot. maybe that's just the movie for me. But hey, the, I, the movie is 
much different than the book, but it's the same spirit of the tale. Like, it still gets from point A to point B the way it's supposed to. Um, there's just a lot of weird stuff, like the weirding modules and all that. That's not... In Dune, it's mostly about hand-to-hand combat and knives. That's what the Fremen use. And the Fremen are basically these people that live on the planet that are like Jesuits. They wander around the dunes. But yeah, you know, the best thing I can say is, guys, I'm laying this down right here, and I'm going to make a video about it. This is my my last segment of the night before I go into... Uh, I'm going to wrap up with our winner from the uh, Pick a Villain contest that we did earlier. But oh, I yeah. want everybody to know that I'm going to start a Dune book club um, in a few months. Uh, I should have done it during the, uh, the apocalypse. Uh, maybe the apocalypse will last longer. Who knows? But I'm going to start a Dune book club where we all can read Dune, read chapters, and uh, talk about it once a week online. Uh, I don't know if I'll do that just through Geeked, but it'll definitely be promoted through the Geeks page. And, uh, but for the Geeks page, I am going to start a comic book book club. Um, where I recommend you guys to go check out a new series, and uh, we'll read a trade together, and we'll do it uh, book by book, and we'll talk about it once a week. So that's a very old-fashioned statement. <laughs> I, I, I want to throw a side shout out to uh, a local band that I fucking adore named Realm. You can find them at Realmed Band on Bandcamp and all that type of shit. But their first album is on Bandcamp, and it's like three dollars if you want to throw. A working band some money and their first album is a concept album all about dune every single song is dune related on their so first cool. record yeah, we'll uh, get that, oh, go get that fucking record and uh, tell jake and nick and kirk jc sent you because <laughs> i'm gonna go get it <laughs> yeah it's, it's a really fucking it's a really fucking good record if you like stoner rock or anything with a fuzz pedal buy that shit <laughs> hey, is, right, uh, is Dune going to be a self-contained movie? Is it going to be a trilogy? What's, what's going on with that? That was two, right? Isn't it uh, two? Yeah. So what they're doing for the first movie is they're doing because Dune itself is a holy trilogy. You have Dune, uh, Children of Dune, and God Emperor of Dune. Um, what they're going to do is it's going to kind of be like it, the way they did it, where there'll be a chapter one and a chapter two for the ah. first movie, for the first book for Dune. So you'll get a oh. three-hour movie and then another three-hour movie. But that's just the first chapter, then. That's just the first book. That's just. Oh Dune. wow! Okay. Wow. So that, if it does well, then they'll do. Then they can do God. They can do uh, Children of Dune. They can do God Emperor. Because man, when those books go along, they don't give a fuck about you. They don't care. They're like, oh, we. You like all those characters? No, they're dead. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's a there's a, a point to raise for Dune. If these if these two movies make the money that they're basically promised at this point to make there's so much other shit they could keep pumping out dune related shit until way past i'm dead uh yeah dune dune is the hottest property if done correctly that you can turn into the next star wars i'm really surprised that hbo never picked up dune to try to do it the game of thrones style like like everyone's scared of it well why why It's 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 not derivative it's what you're derived from it's everyone's scared of it because it's daunting that's true. Uh, I mean, if Star Wars is the New Testament, Dune is definitely the Old Testament. Yeah, it's beloved, uh, but if you can do Lord of the Rings, you can fucking do Dune. Because Lord of the Rings is way more daunting. Well, he's not doing anything. Call him. What's the director? Peter Jackson? <laughs> Peter Jackson. Yeah, no, no, he's no, not no, doing no. it. No, I'll, 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 I'll do it. 
Nope. That, that nope. Mortal Keep Machines movie was fucking garbage. Like, just call him. Yeah, he, no. He's all about doing 10 years on a project. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for him to remake his Hobbit film into just one movie. <laughs> oh, you mean like it was supposed to? Stop it for another show. Tune in soon for Geeks and Hair at the Earth's fantasy episode where JC tears Peter Jackson an asshole for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, we got well, uh, uh, we got producer uh, producer Terry hold up uh, in our satellite studio over there. I feel like we're starting to kind of hold him hostage. So I don't want to I don't want to keep him socially distanced over there too long. Uh, we need, anything else we want to get off our chests here? Uh, I've got one. I've got one. Uh, please go to our page, and uh, we are going to start uh, brackets for the the, the geeks and the hair to the Earth's official who would win brackets. We're going to oh, do yeah, this right. in three different phases. The first one's going to be street level. Second one's going to be you know, metahumans. That's your mutants uh, for Marvel. The third one, cosmic and magic. We're going to start at the street level. The three of us are going to put in all of our suggestions first, and we want all of you – well, only because you won't have your suggestions yet. Uh, please donate your suggestions for street level. This can be Marvel, DC, Image, anything with a printed page. And uh, I'm going to assign them all a number and randomize them and put them into brackets so we can have them. And you guys can vote who would win in each one of these. Uh, how, lo- how big the brackets will be will depend on how much you guys suggest. And uh, we're going to do the ultimate who would win competition. And we're starting at street level. This is anything that Netflix would have made a series for for Marvel type of shit. Uh, your your Batman, your Daredevils. Yes, Batman street level. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. He's street uh, level. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Batman versus Superman should have been done in five seconds. Superman touches your neck, it breaks, you die. Uh, but give us your street level suggestions. So your Moon Knights, your Iron Fists, your Luke Cages, your Grifters. Bring us anything that we're missing, so we can randomize it, put them into brackets, and we can all vote on who wins. Who loses? It's up for our listeners to decide, and I can't fucking wait to do it. That's not only my uh, closing thought. That is my suggestion is to go to our page. You know, we always have to recommend something at the end of the show. Is to uh, You can direct message us through the Facebook page. If you hear this, we don't have a thread up that you can find. Just fucking message it or email it to us at geeksandhairtotheearth at gmail.com. And just let us know who you want in this competition. And my other recommendation, since we talked about Dune, please check out uh, the band Realm in Knoxville, and their first record is totally about Dune. Sounds very corrosion of conformity, Black Sabbath type of shit. Great in this quarantine to, you know, have a drink or smoke a bowl too, and, you know, get your fuck on. It's great shit. And uh, those are my recommendations. What do you guys got? Um, well, first of all, uh, my last thought and my recommendations – uh, your guys' winner for the supervillain choice. Uh, Ooh, who did win that? Yeah, uh, we did some voting, and uh, come to find out, the number one superhero is Doctor Doom, which was no surprise to me whatsoever. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, and please, if there is a god in heaven, which I don't believe in, let John Hamm be him in the Marvel movies, please. Right. I don't think any of us can argue with the fact that if you pick Doctor Doom, it's a pretty strong fucking pick. And he should be oh, the next easily. giant Marvel villain for the movies. I'm just saying, and it should be done he by John Hamm. Probably will be. Well, okay, you got Doom, Magneto, and Lex are all layered uh, villains because they're like, yeah, we won't like those guys, and sometimes we do bad things, but don't fuck with our planet. 
Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think Secret Wars kind of votes Doom off the island for Don't Fuck With Our Planet when he kind of ended reality. But We could do a whole thing on that. But anyway. <laughs> we should. We should. We should. <laughs> We're going to take you on a trip to Battle World soon, kids. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, uh, my recommendation... <laughs> my recommendation uh, would have to be I've been going back and reading a lot of uh, my backlog things I haven't got to read yet and I've, I got to read my uh, a trade of Fall of Cthulhu finally I never have read that book in all these years I never got to t pick it up and I, I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan um, the Fall of Cthulhu omnibus is great it's probably some of the best uh, Lovecraftian comic books out there I've read quite a few this one's definitely the best one I've read I, 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 I really want this it. I want this very badly it's super good. It's super good. Yeah, I it, did not know this existed until right now, and now I it, want it. It's super good. It's readily available. Uh, they are not original Lovecraft stories. They are original stories based in the Lovecraft universe, making it even better. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that would be better. <laughs> Love me some Lovecraft, but let's be real. Some of those stories don't hold. And, uh, yeah, my other recommendation, obviously, watch Code 8. Uh, and uh, if you want to give Bloodshot a shot, try it out. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, there's a good twist in there where it totally goes its own way. And uh, I just think people should support Valiant as much as possible because I think they're a great company. Love Valiant, but it's a Vin Diesel movie. I am not doing that. Uh, well, Cody well, has been trying to twist my balls to watch this the entire quarantine, and it's not going to fucking happen. Well, it's not about family. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike D, what you got, brother? Well, uh, I know that video games are more the realm of DLC Respawn. You guys should uh, check that show out if you want to talk about some video games. But I'm, I'm going to have to give a shout-out to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, my God. I'm fucking loving it so much. So I'm going to definitely have to recommend that. Uh, recommend that. And uh, 2B TV. I think this is a perfect time to check out 2B TV. It's free. Somehow it still seems a little underground. I don't know, but I've been spending hours watching old-school Generation 1 Transformers and G.I. Joe cartoons on there. I mean, guys... They've got it all. They've got full libraries of all these old school 80 cartoons. Uh, check check to be out. That's a great TUBI. It's a good way to eat up some time during this. And uh, speaking of figures, I finally gotten my unboxing video reviews off the ground. I'm be uploading that to YouTube tonight. So if you guys want to talk about some DC McFarland figures and uh, unbox those and have some fun, check that out. I cannot stress enough how much work Mike has put into these <laughs> oh unboxing God. videos. He is unreal. A fucking mathematician about this they they look incredible i'm not just saying oh, that thanks. because he's on the show and my buddy i'm telling you this looks fucking phenomenal it it, it really does with and, all going well that channel is going to be um one of the next great toy collector channels awesome yeah i yes. i threw all of my ideas for the channel out the window when i saw what he was doing i was like yeah no i'm not oh just I, put my I, I didn't i've got tons of stuff talk <laughs> that's something else i was gonna say i have some stuff coming uh it's very interesting uh i'm not going to say what it is yet but there are several projects in the works and um we'll probably do a few live uh on the uh geeks facebook first to kind of test the waters with everybody it's just some uh fun stuff there but yeah cool stuff coming many reviews all that so stay stay tuned to that and uh, uh on final fantasy 7 remake uh for more on that go check out the last episode of dlc respawn uh where me uh oh, yeah uh, yeah i was the guest on that show and me and biggie oh, yeah. and boston and ryan talk about everything final fantasy 7 remake uh, for like a fucking two hour show so uh, uh if it, and we still managed to not spoil it 
Like, like <laughs> I have no fucking clue how that happened. I, I went back and re-listened to it, and I'm like, okay, this is like a two-hour episode. We talked about this for 90 fucking minutes of it, and somehow... Don't spoil a fucking thing. Uh, pro, just, move, pro move. Good job. I, I have no idea how that happened. I was drinking through that whole show uh, with a fucked up mic, and somehow we managed to not spoil it. But it's a fucking lot of fun uh, if you like video games. And, you know, check check out the LC Respawn. It's on Outlander Media Network, just like us. And uh, it's a great show. Yeah. And, uh, hey, you guys should check out Joe Shirt. Joe Shirt is an amazing T-shirt company that doesn't just do T-shirts; they do everything. They print stuff on. on you want a hat? Uh, you want a mug? A, you do that. Yeah, you want a hat? You want a mug? Uh, you want a patch? You want a sticker? Uh, do you want them to? I don't know. They might be able to print you a bathrobe. They they can do anything. <laughs> if they can print a bathrobe, I'm totally getting a geek's bathrobe printed. I'm totally going to do that. We'll you know, go to JoeShirt.com and find out. I'm going to go find out. I mean, who knows? Maybe we can make that the new show logo. It's just me and my geek's bathrobe from Joe Shirt. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable right now. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Otherworldly Coffee. Uh, that stuff will jack you up. Uh, the Mothman mix, I think, is the best one. Um, so just check out Otherworldly Coffee. And also, a uh, big shout-out to Rep Sports. Uh, that's helping me out personally. And uh, they, uh, I'm a sponsored athlete from them. Uh, you can go on their website. Uh, Humble Brag. And use my code CKGeek to get 15% off your first order. Oh, you have Boom. a code now. That's right. Yeah. Humble it's brag. a code. It's a code. So it's what, it, what was that code again? Tough it's, code. Uh, <laughs> rep Sports, uh, and the code is CKGeek. And uh, all that will funnel back through Geeks Inherited to the Earth. Well, there you have it. Uh, this has been Geeks and Hair to the Earth, our quarantine edition. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening, because let's be real, you don't have anything else to fucking do, and we love to talk. Uh, I fucking love all of you guys. Please go to our Facebook page and start to send us submissions for street-level bracket brackets so we can start filling that out. Uh, we love you guys. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Wash your fucking hands. Um, Wash your JC. hands. Wash your hands. Yeah, I'm JC. I'm CK. I'm Mike D. And we are the Geeks. Thank you very much for Bye. tuning in. Bye. Father, the sleeper has awakened. <laughs> <laughs>